Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. I have really good news. What is if it's my first time? What's that? What if it's my first time? Your first time You listening? said welcome back. And what if I've never... This is my first oh, Become Fire. for the love of Pete. <laughs> Father Peter Teresa, I will not I will not give you such hard times. But help I, me. <laughs> <laughs> but we are welcoming you back. Yes, we are. Thank you. Thank We've you. missed you. And if it's your first time, welcome. <laughs> welcome to this podcast where we begin with banter and all sorts of things that, well, if you're still listening, you have persevered. Yeah, amen. It's really just a test. It Who's is a really test. And in it's in a winning. Only the strong survive with us, fathers. <laughs> but we've been on a journey, not just a journey back to this seat so that we can do this podcast again mm-hmm. today, Yes, but a journey toward... Pentecost. Hallelujah. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And here we are now, Father, just a week away. The three of us gathered together. In an upper room, one might say. (laughs) Let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, And we've spoken so far about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the charism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about Acts chapter 2. And uh, as we move forward here, I think it very appropriate, um, given her place in the church and her role, uh, that we enter more deeply now into this upper room, Father Peter Teresa. Yes. And uh, we acknowledge our mother, our lady. It is the month of May. Yeah. It is right and just. And so uh, our lady's role, you know, in Pentecost in our lives and and how... um, you know, she can help uh, to mediate, to bring us, to fill us by her prayers, by her intercession, by her love. Prepare us for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Here we are. Here we are. And uh, I think it appropriate to, you know, being as we are sitting here in these Franciscan habits. We are Franciscan friars of the Holy Spirit. We are, with these beards and these glasses. And wearing rosaries in and honor of our lady. Yes, yes. And, this and is red, why. a red rosary in honor of the Holy Spirit. Mm. This is why, by the way, most of us, most of the, the people can't tell any of us no, apart. But no. I was literally just with someone, they're like, oh, I thought you were Father Anthony. I, like, oh, no. I know you did. Again, I tell everybody, it's the best compliment you're ever going to get. Sometimes I think I'm Father Anthony too. It's very confusing. But, uh, you know, St. Francis has uh, has some really beautiful prayers. You know, we've, we've done some of those in some of the series that we've covered, but um, he has some pretty wonderful titles for the Blessed Mother. Uh, And one of those titles being uh, uh, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I think it would be, you know, really wonderful for us to kind of delve into that kind of mystical title, if you will. Um, You know, St. Francis will say things like this, but he never really explains it. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Just kind of drops it on you and walks away. Uh, I'm sure he understood it very deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, But perhaps, Father, if you wouldn't mind you know, just reading that prayer and then we can, we can kind of just discuss that title and Our Lady and, and who she is in regard to the Holy Spirit as we continue to journey here. Absolutely. So this is a, a prayer that is found in Francis's Office of the Passion. And it is uh, the antiphon that you pray after the Psalms. 
Holy Virgin Mary, among the women born into the world, there is no one like you, daughter and servant of the Most High and Supreme King, and of the Father in Heaven, Mother of our Most Holy Lord Jesus Christ, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, pray for us, with St. Michael the Archangel, all the powers of Heaven, and all the saints, at the side of your Most Beloved Son, our Lord and Teacher. Amen. Amen. And so St. Francis, uh, in this beautiful prayer, uh, again, addresses Our Lady as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, even though, um, you know, from what I've read, there might have been allusions to this title earlier, but it really does seem like St. Francis is the one to, to really kind of coin this and, and run with it, uh, especially through his kind of uh, his line, if you will, uh, his his spiritual sons who, mm-hmm. who eventually take up um, this title, especially somebody like St. Maximilian Colby and even St. Bonaventure and a lot of his, his Mariology, his prayers. But what does this title mean for us, fathers? What does this title mean for us? And how can this title help us in our journey uh, in understanding how it is that that we're supposed to relate to the Holy Spirit but also how it is that how Our Lady, as the spouse of the Holy Spirit, can help us in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. Beautiful question. Um, <clears throat> beautiful title of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it isn't beautiful that we have all these titles of Our Lady because each of them help to draw us and understand her in a deeper way and, and deepen our devotion uh, to her and asking for her intercession. Um, but as spouse of the Holy Spirit, um, it specifically means that she has a unique relationship with the Holy Spirit of all of God's creatures. We would even say that she's the highest of all of God's creatures, the greatest yes. of her of God's creation. And, and considered the spouse of the Holy Spirit because of her unique role as the mother of God, as the God-bearer, that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her on the day of the incarnation. The day of the Annunciation, we hear the angel Gabriel appears, and he says, um, the Annunciation and Incarnation are the exact same event. Sorry if I use those interchangeably. But the Annunciation is the Annunciation to Mary of the angel Gabriel, the Incarnation being when Jesus incarnates himself. They're slightly <clears throat> different, but the same time yeah, frame. Yeah. So the, at the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel comes, he speaks, um, and, and tells Mary about God's plan that there's a desire for a savior. And she gives the most beautiful response, um, fiat, you know, let it be done to me according to thy word. Let it be done to me according to that. Well, what is spoken, what the angel Gabriel has spoken, what God has spoken through the angel Gabriel, I say yes to that. On God's terms, God's plan, God's purposes. And we hear the next line in scripture says that she's overshadowed with the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit comes upon her in that moment, Jesus enters her womb. That she is a virgin uh, before, during, and after this event. And she is... Um, in, you know, it, the, the word is incarnate in her womb mm-hmm. um, and she becomes the God bearer. She becomes the mother of the Messiah. And in that, there's this unique relationship, this, uh, we would say, spousal relationship between mm-hmm. her and the Holy Spirit where there's this unique connection, this unique unique um, um, interaction. She's just open to the Holy Spirit to such a degree. Again, that fiat, let it be done according to that word. Her openness to the Holy Spirit is like the openness of receptivity that a spouse a woman is supposed to have to her husband. Um, and she does that perfectly to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. She opens herself up 
to the reception of her spouse, the Holy Spirit, um, to a perf- per- such a perfect degree because she's the perf- you know, perfect vessel for it. She becomes the mother of God. And so because of her receptivity to the Holy Spirit, just like a spouse is receptive, you know, a wife is receptive to her husband, um, you know, even in the conjugal act itself, I'm, I'm I don't want to over-sexualize the Holy Spirit imagery, yeah, yeah. but it is um, an important imagery for us because there's this um, there's this gift of self what, that a husband gives to a wife to the wife, um, the, the husband's gift gift of self, and from that gift of self, God willing, a, a child is born. And, and in this, the Mary has opened herself up to the gift of the Holy Spirit. She's received this gift, and and then the incarnate Word becomes uh, present in her womb. Jesus is present in her womb, and then she gives birth to him. There's so much in this title that Francis gives us without explaining it to us. Now, 800 years of Franciscan, Franciscans have been trying to articulate, you know, what, what Francis has meant by this in the church as well. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm treading lightly because it, it is it's such a, a deep, deep mystery. But, but just that, that word spouse, I think we can just take that word and, and reflect upon that word and, and what that means and, and maybe just even look at our own experiences of, of spousal union and spousal intimacy. And, and we don't, we don't want to sexualize this relationship at all. You know what I mean? And, and that would be, that would be silly to reduce the relationship between husband and wife to just the sexual act. Um, that would, that's, there's, that's just one part of it. Uh, but the, the, the spousal union between them is, is so much more. Uh, and, and in fact, some of the, the deepest union uh, takes place elsewhere. And so, we know that spouses share everything, that everything that is one spouse belongs to the other spouse and, 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 and vice versa. And so by calling her the spouse of the Holy Spirit, everything that is the Holy Spirit's is, is then rightly Our Lady's. Uh, all of his gifts, all of his, all of his, his blessings, all of the, the fruits, uh, all of that that is his, his gift is now Our Lady's in, in, in some way. And without getting lost too much in this, uh, they, we even know that, that spouses share a name. Uh, and so this was Maximilian Kolbe's sort of reflection upon Our Lady as the Immaculate Conception, uh, where, where she comes at uh, Lourdes and she says, I am the Immaculate Conception. Um, not that she is called that, but that she is that. And so Colby related this to the Holy Spirit, uh, where, where in, in, in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is kind of like a, an, a, um, an immaculate conception within the Trinity. And so that Our Lady then being the spouse of the Holy Spirit then can be this as well, um, not just as a title, but also just who she is because she becomes one with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> yeah, and... and but it's saying in the Holy Spirit being the uncreated immaculate yes, conception, yes, 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 yes. and uh, Mary being the created immaculate yeah, conception. That we, 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 it's in one sense, it's the closest a creature could ever be to God. In another sense, that gap is humongous. Yeah, in yeah. that it's a creature, someone created and someone mm-hmm. uncreated. Um, but um, I, what I loved you saying um, so beautifully was this. Um, the, this total gift of self that the Holy Spirit doesn't know how to do anything other than give all of himself. Mm-hmm. Like the father gives all of himself. It's yep. a, the, the, God doesn't know how to give except everything. Yeah. 
Um, we see it so beautifully on the cross. Um, what's so unique about Mary is that her heart's open to receive all of it. Yeah. You know, so when you talk about how like all oh, this Holy Spirit, this this dispels relationship, all the Holy Spirit belongs to her. It's, it's in a beautiful way. It's because she's actually open to receive all yeah. of it. We've all received the Holy Spirit in our baptisms, but um, because of our sin, um, from because of the original sin that we've experienced, we're not completely open to the receptivity to the Holy Spirit. But because she is the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. she's this vessel that is completely open to receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to do in, in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, again, in kind of Franciscan fashion, that the, the Immaculate Conception um, defended by a, a Franciscan, uh, Blessed Don Scotus, mm-hmm. and uh, very much kind of um, then if you will, adopted and, and really just kind of um, uh, that the Franciscans just always kind of had uh, an, a devotion here to, to Our Lady in this way. Mm-hmm. It really is through that title that we then get to the, the, the deeper meaning of spouse of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's almost as if St. Francis kind of just had this intuition, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and not to go too far afield, but I think uh, even in the Franciscan tradition and somebody like St. Bonaventure, when he talks about different types of theology and he talks about, you know, the highest type of theology is mystical, that it's what you can receive from God in prayer and how St. Francis kind of embodies this, Yes, that he might not have been a scholar or somebody who would have been, you know, um, like a St. Bonaventure or a St. Thomas Aquinas Mm -hmm. or, you know, one of these big saints who are uh, brilliant and were able to articulate things with philosophy and theology or whatever, but he was deeply intimate with God and with Our Lady, mm-hmm. and so that he knew her in this way. Um, and I think that that kind of helps us to get us again to, you know, why is this important for us? And I think it's that the Holy Spirit through prayer brings us into intimacy with Himself, mm-hmm. and that it's also Our Lady and a relationship with Our Lady, with Our Mother who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit, who can introduce us and bring us into a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit um, as a mother does. Because um, what does a mother do? But she makes up for all of the, the weaknesses and the, the misunderstandings and the, and the needs of her children. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's, it's really beautiful, um, this title. Um, but I think it's also really helpful um, to think about... Um, the way in which the way in which the blessed mother contributes uh so to speak her own prayers and her own mediation in the upper room <clears throat> during that time that the the apostles are together praying and waiting for the outpouring of the holy spirit yeah. that she's both fulfilling her role as mother and she's fulfilling her role as spouse of the holy spirit mm-hmm. Um, being obedient, of course, to Jesus as a follower of Jesus and as a disciple of Jesus, but also um, being obedient as one who is entrusted with the apostles yeah, as a mother of the church. And so maybe if we can kind of enter into like this scene now, um, that, that the Blessed Mother, Our Lady, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, um, the Immaculate Conception, the Uncreated Immaculate Conception, praying with the apostles in the upper room, calling forth the Holy Spirit, um, what can we kind of learn from this? What can, how can we enter into this as we, uh, go forward into Pentecost? I love this, this, 
scene of Pentecost for many reasons, but it's basically meditating upon Mary as a beautiful meditation mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit comes upon her and she's like, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> I, I know this. Yeah. Like I've ex- I know this feeling. Like mm-hmm. I know this experience. Like it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if she's because she probably just already there. So it's like at the same time, it's like, well, she's probably already filled with the Holy Spirit to such a degree. Like what actually happens at Pentecost for her is yeah. another kind of meditation. But in just in that, um, I mean, that tongue of fire does come upon her. Something happens at yep. Pentecost yeah. in some way that that for me this is a, a twofold meditation one is that even she who is the immaculate conception even she who is the spouse of the holy spirit on the day of pentecost something happens yeah. um I, like I, I would love to sit down and interview someone who's uh, much more of a biblical, biblical theological holy spirit expert on this one um because i find this fascinating yeah. like what happened what did mary actually receive upon the day of pentecost yeah. like what happened um but in that like just that that the Holy Spirit can always give more. Like even if you're the spouse of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like something he can stir up in these deeper graces, these di- these deeper this deeper outpouring. And we I mean we see this even on Jesus. Like he, the Spirit comes upon him to heal at times. Mm-hmm. That even Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit comes upon mm-hmm. um, for a specific thing he wants to do. So um, this beauty of that there's always more with the Holy Spirit, and and the Holy Spirit always can empower in a deeper way. Um, and, and then also. Again, as I said, um, that that she knew this experience. That when the Holy Spirit was coming, all the the other apostles were like, "What's going? You know, what's happening right now? You know." Um, I mean, Jesus did breathe on them; they received the Holy Spirit. There's a, but of the 120, there's probably some yep. who have no like are kind of like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Uh, but that that she has this this just this beautiful confidence of like, "Yeah, this is God at work." Like I know God. This is God. Mm-hmm. And just the peace she would have had in that moment because she's experienced the Holy Spirit overshadow her and the confidence she could have given to the apostles to then be like, all right, Peter, go out. Like, it's time. Mm-hmm. And he goes and preaches and was it? 3,000 people get baptized mm-hmm. that day because of his preaching and, and the witness of the apostles. That, that, that because of this beautiful confidence um, that, that she's experienced, she can, it can be transformative. And so uh, I think it's also for us that the beauty of this relationship with the Holy Spirit is one in which we know God and the things of God. We've talked a lot about this in our, these past mm-hmm. few weeks. And when you know the things of God, when God moves, it helps you to discern and say, yeah, this is God. And so Mary has this great confidence. So one, there's always more. And then two, she has this great confidence. And I think we need both. One, to recognize there's always more. There's always deeper with mm-hmm. God. And two, like with the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit moves, it helps us to figure out, okay, yeah, this is, this is God at work. She's there as, as the mother from the beginning. And she's, she's there mothering the church from, from go. And I think sometimes we can, uh, we can use this word church in this sort of abstract sense, uh, this institutional sense, this bureaucratic sense, uh, that's somewhat uh, faceless and nameless. Um, but, but the church is made up of, of people, of, of, of men and women. And so it's never an impersonal reality. And so she's there from the beginning, not mothering the church in this abstract sense, but she's mothering Peter and John, and James, and loving them, and interceding for them by name. Um, 
and 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 praying for them by name and and loving them personally and individually and and informing them and shaping them and and carving this space in their heart and their soul through her prayers and through her love and through her affection for the Holy Spirit to be poured into to them as persons, um, not just the church as this bureaucratic institution that is nameless and faceless, but but people. And so she still does that. She knows us by name um, and she looks into our faces and prays for us by name and and loves us personally and tenderly and through her love and her prayers opens up a space in our heart for the Holy Spirit to be poured into. So I think I think Mary, if whenever we lose sight of, of Mary, I think we immediately begin to lose sight of of just sort of the, the human personal element of the church. Um, and the church becomes just overly institutionalized and, and bureaucratic. But but when Mary is invited in, she just immediately makes things personal. And that is that's such an important element. So 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 her role in this is, is is so important not to be overstated. And she's mothering them, praying for them, interceding for them. And then she, like she said, also knows the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and 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 this is her spouse. And now she's going to to share that with um, the apostles and everyone in the upper room. <clears throat> I'm thinking about um, <clears throat> two things that uh, St. Louis de Montfort says mm-hmm. uh, when speaking about Our Lady. Um, and I think these are two things that uh, Maximilian Colby really kind of um, goes much deeper with. But uh, one of the things he says is that... Um, in the Trinity, in the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that the Father chooses to be fruitful by begetting the Son, that the Son, you know, and the Father are fruitful together by spirating or, or you know, breathing out the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and that the Holy Spirit, who is uh, obviously as much God as the other two persons, yes. um, instead of bringing forth a fourth person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. right, um, he chooses to be fruitful instead by uniting himself to the Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. um, and that it's through this union, <clears throat> the union between the person of the Holy Spirit uh, and and Our Lady, uh, this union between the one who is called the um, uncreated Immaculate Conception, the Holy Spirit, and the created Immaculate Conception, being Our Lady, um, that even as you know, spouses share the same name, mm-hmm. so so they share the same name in their spousal union, that he chooses. From all eternity, uh, Don Scotus would say, right? It's another mm-hmm. Franciscan position to be fruitful through Mary, um, and I think that we we see that in the upper room. Um, you know, she's she's doing this, I'm sure, all throughout her life in a very hidden and humble way. Yeah. But I think that we see that in the upper room in a very profound way, um, so much so that we can say, you know, as much as the other um, apostles in that room who are praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit are important in their union with the Blessed Mother, um, it is as if it's their prayers with Our Lady's prayers, mm-hmm. right? Um, through Our Lady's prayers, in a sense, Our Lady taking those prayers to her son, um, who is her son, but who is also her king, um, that these prayers are what call forth the Spirit down upon the church. Um, that the Holy Spirit chooses to be fruitful through her in that moment. Mm. Uh, and that so much so that it, you know, the room shakes, that tongues of fire come down. Like if you want to 
talk about you know powerful intercessory prayer. I mean, let's let's talk about the Blessed Mother, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But all that to say um, that just as Our Lady and the Holy Spirit have been united to each other, that um, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, that we can unite ourselves also to the Blessed Mother, so that in turn she can then unite us mm. again to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. so that our prayers, our works, everything that we do. Um, as as Christians, as Catholic Christians, can then be more fruitful, yeah. more efficacious, more yeah. powerful. Um, and so that was the first thing. The other thing was um, was that uh, Our Lady, um, for someone like St. Louis de Montfort, is, um, is necessary. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, St. Maximilian Colby and, and others say this over and over, I mean, all the way back to the fathers, but she's necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that we get a little skittish with that today with like a false understanding of like, you know, not wanting to insult people or whatever it might be, but that we need her mm-hmm. and that we see that in the upper room. And so I was just wondering fathers, if you can maybe, how can we, you know, maybe embrace this a little bit more so that we could come more deeply into a relationship with the Holy spirit through our lady's help. I think we have to go back to Eve and recognize that Mary is the new Eve. Um, And this displays a part of her necessity. Whereas the first Eve said no to God's plan, the new Eve said yes. And um, uh, she's, she's the one who brings us to the fruit of the tree of life, where Eve took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, which she was not to. Mary took the fruit of the tree of life, which is Jesus himself. And she ate it and she passes it on to us because he is, she, because he is, she is her, his mother and he is her son. Uh, get my pronouns right there. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think just to, to echo off what you've said, this, this necessity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that we need her. Um, we, we need someone to bring us to the right fruit. And that fruit is Jesus. Um, that he's, he's, he has been nailed to the tree. Um, he is the fruit that we eat and we eat his body and his blood. Um, and that she's the one who leads us to him to do that, that, that it was, uh, oh, through a, a woman that got that, that we fell, it was through a woman that we come back to life. And, and so we eat the fruit of the tree and, and that's a part of her necessity for us. And so how do we open ourselves up to that in a deeper way in this Pentecost season? I mean, first, I think just the recognition, knowledge is power and recognizing what this is, what happened. Um, and two, um, to, to let ourselves be drawn to that. It's in a sense to recognize that, that the first Adam was drawn into the, the eating of the, the tree of the fruit he shouldn't have. Um, but the new evil draws us to eat of the fruit we should eat. Um, and that's the fruit of the tree of life. And so let's let her lead us. And it takes humility to do that. Um, that it's, it's her humility that's one of her shining virtues. It's her humility that shows us, yeah, um, that, that, that I, opens herself up to as her role in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in our life. Um, and it's our humility that it's going to allow us to recognize our need for an intercessor. We want to do everything on our own all the time. We want to say, I can eat the fruit myself. I can do it myself. I can get to heaven myself. It's like, no, you can't. Like, we need help. We need help. We need help. We need help. And, and obviously, we need a Savior in Jesus. We need help to get there. We need the sacraments. We need the church. We need priests. We need, the, um, you know, all this other brothers and sisters in Christ. We need Mary. We need the saints, mm-hmm. you know, that she's going to lead us. Um, she's leading the, the, the whole charge. Um, and, uh, and so we, let's say yes and humbly say yes to her calling us 
um, to be led to her son, the fruit of the tree of life. I think we live in a, in a time where we're, we're so focused on the, the bottom line, production, uh, efficiency, and, and just we become very just focused on, like, on, on that. Uh, and then we, we, we put our energies in focusing, okay, like what is, the, what is the best way to do something? What's the most efficient way to do it? Uh, that's, all, that's all that really matters. That's all I really need. Uh, and, and I mean, it just, we're just so driven by that sort of attitude. I think it informs so much that we do. And I think it also creeps into our spirituality as well. We're like, well, I just need Jesus. Um, and I just need Jesus. That's it. Um, and, and when you just reduce life to quote unquote, what is necessary, um, you actually miss out on a ton of things that are necessary that, um, that we can't just reduce things to a, a, a bottom line where, where, yeah, the goal of the spiritual life is, is union with, with Christ and the Holy Spirit. So I just need Jesus. I don't need anything else. And then just to get rid of all that other stuff that, that might be a distraction or impediment to that. But as is this to say is that I just need food to live, um, or I just need I just need food and in a shelter to live. That's all I need to live. Um, and and there's a, a green where it's like, yeah, that's right. You, you'll you'll live, um, and in a biological sense, but you won't live in a human sense um, where where you actually need relationships. You actually need friendship. You actually need music. You need laughter. You need. You need all of the good things that God gives to us as gift. Um, and those are the things that in, in some ways are, are most important, that, that the gifts of God, um, we need them. We need the gifts. They're not, they're not unnecessary. They're just as important as, as the bare necessities. Um, and so Our Lady is like this. We need her. She is one of God's greatest gifts to us. Um, and we cannot live without her. Just as the same way we cannot live without friendship or laughter or music or dancing, that, that we need the good things of life. Um, we need the good things of the spiritual life where, where we need our lady um, just like we need these other things. You can imagine how kind of strange and awkward it would have been if, you know, like John, the beloved disciple in the upper room would have went over to our lady and just been like, you know, I, I think it's just going to be me and Jesus from here on out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really know if I need your prayers anymore. Yeah. I don't really know if I need your maternity I know anymore. what he said on the cross. <laughs> but. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, even just to be in her presence, I think all of those mm -hmm. doubts and, and thoughts would have just, because mm -hmm. you just would have recognized what a, what a tremendous gift the Lord had given to us through her mm -hmm. um, and how weak we are and how much we need her help. Um, and that's who she is. And I think in a very real way, the essence of, you know, and this is St. Maximilian Colby, that even before, you know, the, the, um, the Lord is conceived in Our Lady's womb, even before that, she belongs totally to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. From the moment of her immaculate conception, mm -hmm. she is totally God's, totally God's from all time. And he gives her that opportunity to say yes or no at the Annunciation, but she belongs to God and, and, and this is what his plan and will for her was from all eternity was to be yes. our mother, was to be his spouse, was to be his most beloved and, and prized daughter. Um, and he has given her to us to, to bring us deeply into the heart of the blessed Trinity and, and to introduce us very deeply 
uh, to the Holy Spirit. So get close to Our Lady. Amen. Uh, ask her to reveal her spouse to you. Especially in this novena. It's a time to be doing a novena. If yeah. you haven't started one, uh, never too late. I'm just novenas were Mother Teresa's favorite. <laughs> yes. So get the, get, yeah. this is the time when Our Lady and the apostles are in the upper room praying. So join them and pray uh, to the Holy Spirit in this time for a deeper outpouring at, at Pentecost. And that's the first novena. Yes. The nine days in the upper room. Well. <laughs> yes, I'm. It's about that time. Uh, we're doing uh, this in country accents. And if you ain't ever been with us before, <laughs> well, you better just hold on to your knickers. Oh, boy, howdy, I'm ready. Uh, I don't know if I have any knickers. <laughs> <laughs> I have not knickers. So, fathers, if you were in the upper room. Mm, wow, okay. <laughs> Here we go. And uh, Pancakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you want to eat on the, on the the morning of Pentecost? No, if you were in the upper room um, on the day uh, of Pentecost and you're all praying together, and the Blessed Mother is there, what one question would you have for her hmm. on that day? Just one question. Just one question. Is before the Holy Spirit's come. Before the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, what do you think Jesus is about to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he told us to come here and pray, and I'm pretty excited. And uh, and what do you think God's about to do? You know, something along those, probably, because I'd just be in total anticipation yeah. of, like, Jesus has said, go and pray and wait for the advocate. And you're like, okay, like, what do you like? Come on, Mary, give me the inside scoop. Like, <laughs> what's what's about happen? to happen? I would probably say or ask something like, Do you think it would be okay if I just stayed with you for the rest of my life? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> would it be okay if I just tagged along with you for the end of my till the end yeah. of my days? Yeah. Would that be okay, Mom? That'd probably be my one question. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think she'd give you a no. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I think no, I think she'd be like, you have to go out. Like, sorry, like Peter and yeah, Paul but need you. You can come with me. Like right, please. No, she's she's in Ephesus, just receiving the Eucharist yeah. every day. She's in contemplation, and uh, and you're a missionary. Maybe I'd be the contemplative. That's true. I am. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, then maybe maybe I'd ask her for a lock of her hair or something. Can I have a lock of your hair. That might be what I ask. Wow. You wonderful. tell you what, you have that relic right now. <laughs> you're loving life for sure. <laughs> Never let the thing out of my sight. <clears throat> Yeah, my question would be something like that. It'd just be like, when when you die, can you just take me with you? <laughs> or like wherever where you're wherever you're going, can I just come? Can I just live with you and John? That's right. <clears throat> teach me how to pray. Yeah, um, teach me how to pray would be that's so that's the things. one right there. So many things. That's a good one. So many things we need from our mother. Be like watching her pray, be like, how do you how do you do that? What you're doing right now? I want how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that fire coming from your heart right now? Well, fathers, would you um, mind leading us in a prayer, uh, preparing us for for this outpouring of the Spirit? One of you fathers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.com. 
.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time. God desires to do on this great and holy feast of Pentecost. And may Almighty God bless you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.